Hi, y'all, and welcome to the Corn Tigers Podcast. Please put your hands together for a feller who's got more toothbrushes and teeth, Craig Laporte. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to episode two of the Corn Tigers Podcast. I am your host, uh, Craig Laporte, joined as always, meaning the previous time, by my, uh, my cohorts for Dan Denali Hurt and Ty Tiberian Roberts. Uh, Dan, Ty, say hello. Buenas noches, amigos. Another <laughs> meow from Ty Roberts. We're developing themes already. This is perfect. Really it's crotch, so I think. This is amazing. That was a meow of a cat that's just lost one of its limbs. <laughs> I think we only see the opposite here. What a segue. <laughs> oh, man. So, for those tuning in, uh, if you're here and you're starting here, one, I don't know how the hell you got here. Uh, we did this once before. This is episode two of our podcast uh, where we are reviewing the second episode of the Tiger King's uh, murder, mayhem, and whatever the hell it's called show. That episode is called The Cult of Personality. Um, so we are three friends of about uh, 20 plus years, we figured out, or around 20 years, we figured out last time. Uh, we're just going to go through this episode and uh, give our thoughts, our feelings, our, uh, you know, just kind of general reactions to it, um, because this is a ridiculous show and we are three generally ridiculous uh, individuals. Uh, gentlemen, you agree with that summary? You know, Craig, the, the way that you introduced that of us being like 20 years, it reminded me of like those um, icebreaker sort of activities when you have a bunch of managers that come together. It's like, well, how many years of experience do you have? Let's figure it out. How many years of experience does everybody have? How much retail management do we have in here? I mean, that would Too explain why we're, also, why we're also jaded. Oh my I God. still remember the time that I found you guys on that uh, bench in front of the gas station. I gave you each $20. (laughs) (laughs) Dragged us into the local retail establishment and gave us our chance. It was quite an episode. It was, you know, it was, wow. What a a great follow-up to the first episode of this this hot mess. Uh, just topped it like I think. Okay, so I watched this twice through. The first time was with uh, with with the misses, and the second time was when I'm doing the pausing, the rewinding, the making taking notes. And um, for the first time through, the second time wasn't the case. First time through, my jaw was open sixty percent of the time. Amazing. I was just like, "What is happening?" Do you remember my I- little line from last week that I didn't feel like we were being misdirected by the documentarian at all? Uh huh. I yeah. take that back 150%. <laughs> we have been completely bamboozled. We were led, uh, it's funny, we were led in some half crazy uh, sense of security in episode one, and then we're slapped in the mouth with uh, 100% crazy in episode Agreed. two. So. Agreed. Before we move on to episode two, uh, we finished off uh, episode one by mentioning that uh, we could have potentially done a part two of that episode. I think we all felt mm. the same way when we wrapped mm. it up. Um, do you guys want to address anything you find to be a, a notable omission? Uh, I feel like I'm kind of springing that on you. So I will say one thing I feel like we really didn't spend any time on was uh, country music star Joe Exotic. Oh, geez, um, thank you. Yeah. Now, I did a little bit of background on this. Uh, he mentions directly in the episode that there, he has uh, two albums with 28 songs, 16 yeah. music videos, uh, so what I did was a quick scan of uh, another relative omission, Joe Exotic TV. I found videos for songs called Say Something, Pretty Woman Lover, which kind of surprised me. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the Sun Says. <laughs> the Sun is uh, S-U-N, though it's not S-O-N. Uh, okay. 
Do you ever so, wonder what love could do? My first love, which we saw a, a clip of in this episode. We and did. of course, uh, the smash hit that I would buy on iTunes right now. I saw a tiger. <laughs> and we did see a clip of that too, didn't we? Did we you hear did. about the on yeah. album two? There's a bonus track, uh, Manhole Inspector. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's right. <laughs> shout out to, shout out to you're Norm MacDonald. Yeah, you're mistaking your country music stars. That was uh, Tex Hooper. Tex Fiction, Hooper. Fictional gay country music star. This is Joe yeah. Exotic, real life gay fictional movie star. Right, right. So the only the only thing that I really wanted to circle back to, I shouldn't say that. The thing that I can remember right this second that I wanted to circle back to was just the fact that this guy, although he's he's deep end bonkers, um, I really it's so strange that if you put if you were to put this exact same dude in a different situation, I think he would be a fucking dynamo because he had a TV, a TV, an Internet TV station. And that started, I think it started about 12, 14 years ago, something like that. Right? I, I yep. couldn't figure out exactly the date, but it's like, holy geez, this guy was like ahead of his time there. Like there are a number of things where it's. This guy just does all the things. It's unbelievable. Perfectly ahead of his time. Uh, uh, he mentions, um, what's the uh, the producer guy? Is it Rick? Rick Kirkman? Rick Kirk, Kirkham. 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 Three M's. Yeah. Rick Kirkham mentions that when he started uh, with JETV, Joe Exotic TV, uh, he was putting out the show daily to about 16 people and, you know, half mm-hmm. the people hated him. Uh, <laughs> if you go to YouTube right now, you'll see it's over 100,000 subscribers. Um, wow. I'm sure most of that is over the last uh, two weeks of yeah. uh, this yeah. ridiculous blow up. 100,000 subscribers. And I I spent about 15 minutes there watching videos. I, I don't think I'll ever go back. Um <laughs> <laughs> Was he threatening anybody's life? (laughs) I was threatening my own after watching it. Um, Well, it seems like before this documentary, there were plenty of times he made the local news. So um, some of that traffic could have came in before, but he was popular um, locally, it it seems like for sure. Yeah. All these people are popular locally. (laughs) Yes. Really? It does. Well, at least that's the impression that we get from the people. Well, they all have these bonkers personal stories. I don't imagine how the surrounding area of seemingly normal people doesn't Quick question. Know. Yeah. Would you rather have one of these tiger zoos in your backyard or mm-hmm. a prison? <laughs> that's a tough uh, one. Probably, probably more guards than a prison. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, just, a prison. it just occurs yeah, to me you when you're talking about prison. how locally popular they were that, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would be petitioning City Hall to not allow this anywhere near my house. <laughs> you would be the uh, Carol Baskin of your neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be asking to put him in my yard instead. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said of the three of us, Ty would be Carol. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in the movie version, she'd be played by Laura Linney. Yes. <laughs> Finally gets her due. <laughs> oh, man, a dream role. She might have to age John Travolta. We have did we say last episode? John Travolta should be Doc for sure. Okay, that's pretty good. That's oh, yeah. I was thinking. Uh, of, yeah, I, I was picturing like a Tommy Lee Jones, a younger Tommy Lee Jones, but I don't know who that person would be. 
like with the ponytail. Might be the oh, sheriff. The ponytail. Oh, uh, wait, he's too old. He's too old. Too old. That's fair. Yeah, that's probably bad casting. I'm terrible. At guys, thinking- guys, Jeff, uh, Jeff Bridges. That seems like the obvious oh. choice. Oh yeah, he's too old too, though. Yeah, no, Dan wins. I'm I'm cool with that. They can make up. Hey, then we'd set it in the Thanks, future. Yeah. Now, if this is a serious film, I want RDJ for the role of uh, Joe Exotic. RDJ. Oh, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> And Can we- uh, the reason why I, is because I saw him uh, recently in Tropic Thunder. I was watching a Tropic Thunder clip when he played Lazarus, mm-hmm. not the uh, when he had blackface. Um, when he when he was playing the Australian guy who was playing the black guy. Do you okay. remember when he had blue eyes and blonde hair and the Australian accent? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. He he's got something in him. He could t- he could take this part and make it an Oscar worthy <laughs> performance. I think Joe Exotic has already made it an Oscar-worthy performance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is becoming a movie. Let's face it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I'm think I still think Travolta is the right pick for Doc because he's got that creepy vibe that mm. is just true. perfect for Doc. That's well, let's, true. Let's yeah. save it for let's save it all for the the Hollywood remake podcast. Let's uh, let's not dive too deep into that one. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Should um, I register that domain right now or what? <laughs> wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't hurt. Let's squat on that name as long as we can. Uh, so, as far as uh, this week uh, between episodes, were you guys exposed to any uh, spoilers along the way? Did you see anything that uh, you had to frantically close? I know I did several times. No, it came close call. I was listening to a podcast where they started to bring it up, um, but one podcaster had not watched it, so they spared me any uh, issues. I have had to track forward through a number of podcasts, and it's bumming me out. <laughs> <laughs> Even just scrolling through various social media, I know you guys are off of most of those. Yeah. Um, it is a it mi- minefield of memes that uh, <laughs> uh, you know present various mm-hmm. small pieces of evidence that I'm sure if you collected them all together uh, would constitute a spoiler. Uh, I, know, get, I-, uh, I should say, I should mention. Sorry to jump on you there, Dan. Um, I did. We did get a very positive response from the three people who listened to our first episode. Hey, uh, so right. we should probably thank all of them by name here, but I didn't write them down. So uh, sorry, guys. Uh, maybe next <laughs> well, time. Uh, thank all you. the more incentive to send in an email to thecorntigers at gmail.com. Uh, right. That email is monitored biweekly uh, by one of us at some point. Um, I'll shout out to my sister, Dana, who said it was hilarious. And she uh, particularly thinks Craig is funny. <laughs> she doesn't Fooled know him that well. Fooled no. enough. No. Yeah. She doesn't have to deal with him daily, but she thinks it's funny. <laughs> uh, you can just see uh, the three dots for 45 minutes of him in the thread. <laughs> and you're like, oh boy, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> Wall of text. Wall of text incoming. Uh, <laughs> I hate you guys. Alrighty. Well, I think that uh, pretty much wraps up everything. Uh, we can officially stick a pin in episode one. We're done with it. Uh, on to episode two, gentlemen. What 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 do you got, Dan? Wait, wait. Did we get an email? No, that was a pin. Oh. That was me like putting a pin in. Oh, okay. Oh, you know, we did get an email. I apologize, and I I did not have it. Uh, I do not have it ready. I can pull it oh, up I'm here sorry. quickly. I, if one of, you guys can, one of you guys no. can sing a tiger song uh, while I do this. Meow 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 meow. I'd like to talk ah, about is, music. Is, uh, I was really shocked to see a notification come up on my phone that told me that we had a uh, an email to the quarantigers uh, at gmail.com. Uh, I'm unsure who the sender is. It's uh, it's unnamed. Um, what it says is, uh, Hi, Craig. Uh, you have just signed on on a new computer. 
make the most out of Windows 10 with Chrome browser. Chrome oh, is a fast, simple, and secure browser built for the modern web. It's a uh, dick. That was our, but we did get an email, guys. So, That's I mean, pretty uh, great. That... <laughs> well, I'm excited. Well, activity... I think that means that Bill Gates or, or, or Sergey Brin or one of those people that's drinking the blood from young humans is uh, is listening to the show. That's great. Well, well, they're only I'm drinking it so they could use it as some sort of digital vaccine. To uh, well, you mentioned earlier that we got an email. A part of me was worried it was from a shawarma restaurant in Windsor, but luckily <laughs> that was not the case. I th- I've, I've actually preemptively blocked any address with the word shawarma in it, just to avoid <laughs> lawsuits. So I think we're I'm good. not sure. Announcing that's the way to fly. <laughs> <laughs> It's not real, uh, Dan. All right, gentlemen, Tiger Time. Let's, let's go. Do it. Episode tiger two. Time. So IMDB, a reading from the book of IMDB. Uh, episode two. Subjected to long hours, little or no pay, and the whims of eccentric bosses. Are big cat park employees just cogs in a web of personality cults? That's the question. Who post. writes these? These are I terrible. <laughs> I no, I think them. I think that's actually the blurb from Netflix for the episode. Oh, right. is it? Okay. Okay. I that's think fair. so. Yeah. To me, uh, my, my general thought on how this episode played out, I feel like it's broken into uh, four very specific sections uh, that because I'm the guy who writes the notes, uh, we're going to address those four sections individually as we recap the entire yes. show. Um, I also noted uh, specifically six what I consider big reveals. Uh, El Reveal Magnifico, uh, I wrote in my notes <laughs> six different times wow. for either facts that were hanging or okay. things that are just supposed to knock your socks off and totally blew mine away. Uh, the four sections I'll mention, I'll, I'll just to get those out of the way. The first section is that Saf gets her goddamn arm torn off. Section mm-hmm. one of the show. Wow. Then we move right. into an intro to Mario uh, Tabro, drug lord, murderer, general, all-around sweetheart. Uh, Cockroach. <laughs> no piles of cocaine, disappointingly. I really thought there was going to be some there. Um, section three is uh, Bhagavan, uh, Doc Epstein, uh, banger of slave women and cult leader. So mm-hmm. we're going to uh, – Doc, I think, was the loser of the episode by far. He has maintained his innocence. <laughs> well, I don't know that he does. He just says it's not for prime time. Uh, section four is – it seemed like it was almost tacked on at the end. I felt like the episode was starting to drift. And then it's we find the out That's Carol, a Baskin, right there. Carol Baskin, the real killer, even O.J., has tweeted about this. <laughs> See, that's classic it's Netflix that last minute of the episode. Hey, watch the next episode. Yeah, right you got now. To. You got yeah, to. I took classic, everything. Classic. You know, I actually I was watching a different show, um, and it was it was a baking show, but it was a Netflix original. And at the end of the episode, they actually said, "Hey, stay tuned because there's another episode right now." And I've never seen them do that before. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I'm getting some notes from my producer here. Sorry, on the side, uh, Gemma, my my wife, has just held up a card to let me know that uh, Saf's preferred pronoun is he. Um, I did say that she gets her goddamn arm torn off. Um, So I'll address that right away and say uh, we're going to fuck that up multiple times. Uh, Well, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to ignore it. Yeah. In the episode, it's it it does. I, I you know it's interesting in the nine one one. Are we in section one? Are we talking about Saf? Let's dive in. We're there. Section one. Saf loses an arm. It was funny because in the nine one one call, they say he, and I was like, oh, that's yes. weird. Maybe they just which is the mistook. exact time that you want to throw that out the window and just tell the paramedics what we're really dealing with. <laughs> There's a human with their arm torn off. 
yeah. I think is most important. I did write down, it's my very first note, that Saf gets his slash her arm torn off. Not clear at this point. It's a yeah. little unclear. It's a little unclear. I don't know. I just thought that was weird because the first, yeah, the first pronoun they used was a he. And I was like, well, that yes. can't be right. They, yeah, they that's probably for your just... student ID in university, not for uh, the <laughs> Also, your Twitter uh, profile so is a, a very important place yeah. to list your, uh, your pronouns. Now, there's a 911 call that we get to hear on, uh, hear in on immediately, which is pretty much going as you would expect when someone's getting their damn arm torn off by a tiger. Uh, and my favorite part of that little bit, uh, I didn't pick it up until uh, my third watch through of this, uh, is someone says, is someone says, fuck the fire extinguisher, get over there. Like, who was, whose first reaction was, hey, listen, Saf got her arm fucking torn off by a tiger, get the fire extinguisher. Mm. Was the tiger possibly on fire? Yeah, maybe they lit the tire, the tiger on fire to get it to stop eating her arm. That's interesting. <laughs> and to be fair, to be fair to the tiger here, uh, the tiger didn't really tear her arm off. Uh, the cage tore her arm off because the tiger just pulled on her arm. Speaking of the tore her arm off quote, <sighs> my favorite part of this is after the uh, presumably the paramedics have left, Joe Exotic walks into the gift <laughs> shop and. <laughs> You can catch a quick glance of who's standing in there, and there is a little six-year-old-ish girl in there. There's there's families with their kids, and he goes, you're going to hear this on the news anyway. One of my staff got her arm tore off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys want your money back or a rain check? <laughs> <laughs> the extended cut of that scene is seven minutes of crying children. Could you imagine being in uh, Disneyland and all of a sudden a staff walks in, listen, you're going to hear this sooner or later. Guy in Pirates of the Caribbean got his leg ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> get your money back or a rain check. We'll get you a shuttle back to your hotel. You lost you know, the money over and out. I yeah. feel as though that that actually lends to the transparency of Joe Exotic. Like yeah, that, yeah. he is, he is everything that you see. You, there is nothing that's left up to he the also, mystery. He also, I heard, I offered to pay for that girl's therapy later as well. So <laughs> it was a class act. I did actually go back. Wrote a song and, about uh, it. <laughs> I saw a Tiger, and the Tiger threw my goddamn arm off. <laughs> he, I went back and checked the first episode, and I did not notice in Saf's interviews in the first one that her hand was missing. But it was. I was like, oh, did yeah. you try to hide that? So I skipped back and looked at it. No, sure enough, she was. You know, no, it's right he, there. she was waving her stump around like it was no thing. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. A magician yeah. hides oh. things in plain sight sometimes. Yeah. Yep. That's what this documentarian uh, is doing. He's uh, He knows this was uh, another sleight of hand here. In the first episode, they show them feeding roadkill to the tigers. Mm-hmm. So then we hear about the cows and the roadkill. In episode two, all of a sudden, we're looking at a dumpster of bologna and, uh, mm-hmm. from Walmart. That's true. Expired That's bologna. true. Yeah. And the staff is picking through it before the tigers get at it's, it. It's amazing. You're way ahead. We're going chronological here. Well, yeah, but there's no. Uh, <laughs> I don't see that in any of the four points. It doesn't say dumpster dive. <laughs> those are just the uh, those. Trying those are the, the mile markers along the episode, kind of where things take a switch, right? So if your notes are chronological, I'm, I'm just. Um, I mentioned it. Baloney. There you go. <laughs> Baloney, indeed. So, uh, Saf is at the hospital and she tells a story of Joe and, uh, John Rinky coming in to visit her and with her Quick recap, jo- John Rinky is, is Joe's husband. No, no, that's not, that's the manager, right? So John yeah, no, Rinky is the, is the manager. Yes. Yes. John Rinky, yeah. the manager. Um, they visit Saf in her room before she's had her, uh, mangled arm amputated. Her hand is still functional enough. 
that they hand her something and she signs it. I can't wait to hear and, what and that he is. And she signs it. That's, that's being hopped up on painkillers is what that is. She didn't sign shit. She just imagined that. You think so? Oh, no way. I bet she saw – they must have had her jacked on something. She's not – you see that hand kind of through the blurry – the blurred out of what they uh, they tried to save you from seeing when they when she actually got tagged. I don't, I don't know. I and, haven't zoomed in on a blur like that. And this thing was dangling like – there wasn't even any <laughs> signal input to the hand. It was limp like a dead person. And to think that she w- went into the hospital and 20 minutes later was signed in papers, no freaking way. They didn't say 20 minutes. She was cool as a cucumber when she was lying on the ground getting a tourniquet around her. I mean, she's probably in shock, obviously, but uh, she, she's something else, man. She's one tough. of two things happened: somebody put a pen in her hand and then signed it for her with her uh, fingerprints on the pen, or she signed it with her other hand and she was hot up on painkillers. That could that's be her blood like smudge on this release. Yeah, that's her blood <laughs> yeah. smudge. I'm going with painkillers, though. Okay. So in her, uh, sorry, Dan. Now you want to? What do you got next uh, after this? No, I just I'm excited to be here, Craig. That's that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> okay, so Saf gets out of the hospital. Uh, sorry, she makes the decision. She says, "Just amputated. I'm not looking for two years of rehab. Chop it off." They chop it off. She's back at work. I think she said seven to ten days. Oh, back at work five days after the amputation. Yeah, um, seven days in the hospital total. And her reason is uh, our mission is to give these animals a fighting chance. If I stayed in that hospital. The meat, the media wins. The Isn't media that wins. That is wild. Yeah, it indicates the media was after them. <laughs> <laughs> well, big, uh, big media, and uh, Carol Baskin and her PETA people. Maybe that's who she's talking about. They Could win. Be. Yeah. They're, it's all part of the establishment, Craig. I mean, it's it's absolutely wild, though. How 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 this? So that that phrase that our mission is to give these animals a fighting chance. She said that Joe told that to her. Um, yes, and it didn't sound like it was like to not sue them. Uh, it it sounded like that was something that was just part of the deal beforehand. And yeah, she takes this and she just internalizes this idea, and she freaking bootstraps herself unbelievably. And she says, um, one at a time, obviously. <laughs> yeah, she's got a hook that kind of goes to the other side, but um, like a hanger. She's got like a hanger apparatus that she had. That she had. <laughs> John Ranky. Anyhow, um, so but yeah, she says you know, and it's because uh, she's being interviewed by uh, Kirkman there, uh, Kirk Ham, Kirk Ham. There you go. Yeah. And and she says you know, well, it's pretty easy because especially around here because we got a guy with no legs. It's like. Oh, yeah, we have a guy with no legs. And Dan, that actually triggers me to, uh, this was what I have written down as big reveal number one. It's probably the least significant to the immediate immediate story, but uh, it was a big question. And something like Tide mentioned last episode, we were meant to think that John lost his legs to a tiger. Wrong. Ziplining accident. And then he just wore his feet out and had to get get him... (laughs) Uh, I had to get him uh, amputated after walking on them too much after his ziplining injury. If it happened before the cameras were there, I don't believe it. A scale of one to ten, how disappointed are we that John did not lose his legs uh, to a tiger? Ooh, yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Like a hippo would have been okay, too. Because I don't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) So I was calling fake news on this Wait, do you think episode three is going to be like, but really? So Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of this one, you know – 
I don't believe this is just too good. And it it sounds like he didn't get his legs actually amputated until he worked there. Yes, that's right. Because he said he was walking on bone, and it, and he, he's sounds... quick to point out it's not the park's fault. Yeah. Um. So uh, I don't believe this story. It was the tiger named Ziplining. <laughs> that's interesting. If Lieutenant Columbo showed up on the site and saw this man and saw, you know, 82 tigers on the grounds, I think he would be thinking a tiger ate this man's legs. You know, I, I got just one more question. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been a bad week uh, at the Walmart dumpster and they just were looking for something to grip. You know, I don't know. Dan, Dan are you, uh, yeah. you available for voice work? Uh, well, technically, yes, I am. I have awesome. I have my business awesome. license and everything, and Peter nobody Falk has taken dead, me up so. on that offer. He's super dead. Peter Falk is dead. That is Carol say last Baskin's oh. first husband. Third. Oh, maybe I got my numbers wrong. She's going through them pretty quick. <laughs> Let's talk about John for a second, though, John Ranky, because this brings up the idea of the sheer toughness, the badassery and and the dedication that Joe Exotic has in the people that work there. Like, there's got to be something else going on there, because in this episode, they made it look like, okay. there was a couple things that were that were pretty freaking rough, the state of those trailers. But I mean. Everybody has the ability to make their own bed, and they clearly didn't. Um, The food situation, not great uh, if they're dumpster diving, but they're still there. And I noticed they had a 13-inch RCA television in one of the pool rooms, too. That's pretty rough because this is like 2014. (laughs) That's that's true. That's true. But it's – I don't know. It's it's really strange that these people opt into this scenario. I don't know that it's so strange that they're still there. When you take into account two things, one later in the episode, we hear from Barbara, who used to work for uh, for for Doc, and she talks about uh, you know being in a cult and it's everything that you have and you can't just walk away with it because you're gonna look, you're walking away from your entire life basically, uh, all the social connections, you know everything you've built. The other thing that I think might be more important is uh, something that was mentioned in the first episode quickly, and we talked about that we never touched on it again, and it's never hinted at in this episode is the drugs. I bet these people are all high as shit all day, every day. Yeah, that could be too. The conditions of that uh, <laughs> those living quarters would certainly indicate that there is a high amount of drug use. Well, at least a low amount of bed making. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's an inverse ratio of drugs yeah. to bed making. No doubt. One thing I, I wanted to mention about in this section before we get kicked out of it yep. is um, Joe had a moment in this section that kind of, I think he was a little rattled and I think he showed his hand a little bit because we spoke last episode about how he was likable because he was genuine and so on. Um, he talks about like this is as the ambulance is driving away. You could tell we're still in the moment of her arm getting torn off mm-hmm. where he says, I'm never going to financially recover from this. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. One of and the I most thought, memeable moments. Yeah. Like we, I thought, Joe, you're not being a cool guy right now. <laughs> Don't worry about the finances. You got a woman, <laughs> sorry, a guy with her arm ripped off. You know, <laughs> I don't know, man. That, that, the cameras are on you, buddy. You're being yep. watched. Yep. Don't talk about the bottom line right now. That was the yeah, uh, the but- internal voice coming out. Yep. Yes, it was. I don't know, man. Like, so we don't know how long it was between Tiger ripping arm off and that moment, right? You could tell if you watch it again. He's jittery. It's right. It's Christ. Yeah, he's probably just, jittery for three days. Yeah, he was. He was. He was telling. Um, 
It was cut in right after um, he told the guy to get to work and don't put his arm in the cages after the guy asked him what to do. And he was cool as a cucumber when he said that stuff. Like, and I think he was he was wearing the same clothes. But why did he have a paramedic jacket on? What? Well, I don't know if you've ever read a health and safety manual, Dan. But these places have to comply. (laughs) I mean, you go into the parking lot, you got to wear a reflective vest. Now you know when gets their arm ripped off, you got to put your. when I was watching this whole episode, compliance was the one thing that I was thinking the whole time. Boy, are these guys <laughs> yeah. compliant. That, that we still did, haven't met their health and safety officer yet. So so this this actually reminds me of something else that I neglected to bring up last week. There was a scene where uh, Joe is seemingly kind of cuddled up behind his husband, John, and they're on like a little boardwalk thing next to a, a little a body of water with an alligator in there. Do you guys remember that? And, and Joe remember, acts yeah. all afraid for a second. Mm-hmm. John has a badge on his hip. Like, oh, good catch. Good like catch. a cop, cop-like badge. I don't know what it was, but, you know, and Joe's made a mention of this is like his town. He's the mayor. Maybe it's actually a town. And like he is that that's a he's a deputy. And maybe he's like the paramedic uh, officer. I don't know. And it's it's strange. But um, 40, 40 percent chance that came from Dollarama. <laughs> Uh, Dan, I think you're onto something there, and I think we might even learn about it in one of the future episodes. I can't wait. I can't wait. Dan's hierarchy. I think he's already been drafted, though, so I mean, you might not be able to claim him for (laughs) whatever our draft is. No, I've got a sheriff in my lineup already. I don't need another one. It's true. It's true. You don't want to go too heavy on law enforcement. Yeah, yeah. Town's (laughs) only big enough for one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guy, just a, one quick last note on John Rinky. His legs are freaking awesome. Those those legs are incredible. Pretty bad. The, the, yeah, the insane cool. clown legs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had to pick, right? It's obviously insane clowns. So let's move on uh, to the next scene. We finally get away from uh, from that uh, from Joe's Joe's place, and we're on over to Doc. Uh, Doc is riding his elephant around randomly, as one uh, does. And it made me think of what uh, I think it was Ty who said in episode one that Doc is obviously better at his PR stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like what he was doing through this whole scene is not something that he would do if there wasn't a documentary crew there filming him. This guy's putting on a show, I feel like, all the time now. And this was kind of where that switch went to me, went for me, where I'm like, okay, this guy obviously isn't, I don't think he's nearly as genuine as maybe I thought he was. You thought he was in any way genuine before? Not genuine is maybe the wrong term. I, I, I was more willing to take, take him at his word and because some of his words were bonkers, right? And it made sense that yeah. he was, he was uh, you know, crazy. But uh, once I saw this, I was like, okay, this guy is this guy's just putting on a show all the time. Yep. He's LARPing, basically. He's, He's a LARPer. <laughs> He's a LARPer. <laughs> and he gets into uh, a scene with uh, his wife. Uh, where they're on uh, on some couches with some tigers, and again he's trying to direct. I love it when they're trying to direct the, oh, the, yeah. the crew. What's the shot here, guys? What should we be doing? Um, and he, he drops this quote that nothing is cooler, sexier, and more significant to the world we live in today than a tiger. Anyone who says they don't love a tiger is just insecure and broken. <laughs> Speaking of broken, if you're a young lady who's looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down to Myrtle Beach Safari. Uh, so several Daddy times issues? This, yeah. <laughs> several times in this one, uh, I noticed that his business is referred to as Tigers as an acronym. I have no idea what that means. Yeah, I'm hoping we find out. 
Because yeah, I don't want to research it and actually find out who the killer Could is. Could it be the Liger, uh, the Liger controversy? Oh, finally a Liger, guys. So, <laughs> and why is there a controversy? I don't know. Apparently, they're looked down upon in the, uh, ti- you know, the off the grid Tiger Zoo world. For uh, so after after we get to uh, hang out on the couches with uh, sexy Doc and uh, what we soon to find out is one of his wives slash girlfriends. Um, we go back to uh, Carol, who uh, is very judgmental about uh, the other big cat guys using big cats to elevate their their personal status and their professional status. And she does this part of the interview wearing her big cat rescue t-shirt, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. She is a walking uh, contradiction and she's oblivious to it. And All right, I'm hang on, run that. I, I think I might have spaced out then. Run that by me again. What, what, what's the contradiction? So she says that these guys, uh, everything that they do, she talks about them and they're all about their pictures. Uh, these other big cat guys, everything they do is just to do with big cats. And we never, the only reason oh. we know who this lady is is because of her big cats. And she's yeah, yeah. talking about how, you know, these guys' whole life is based around the big cats and that's ridiculous, obviously. And she's wearing her big cat rescue t-shirt, probably sitting in her big cat patterned room with her big cat, uh, you know, statues uh, with her husband, who is a walking uh, cat person. Well, <laughs> let's be fair to her. She does seem to have produced a music video, at least one that we got to see. At least one. Yeah. Can we talk um, about that for a second? You guys want to talk about I'd that? love to because I, uh, I Googled this uh, young lady. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. that was, I predicted you were going to Google that. <laughs> All right. Tell me what you got. Uh, no, I, well, the, you, in all fairness, you did say that you had Googled one thing after this episode in a private mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. So, Dan, I would like you to talk about Therese. Oh, boy, Therese. Yeah, Therese, guys. Therese Hartman. That's uh, that's her real name there. Uh, but now, if it's you were to look name. up her... If you were to look up her YouTube channel now, she goes by Therese Firewoman, which is an interesting name. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, what did I have here? So the actual, Firecrutch. The actual oh, song Jesus. itself in the episode, beautiful. Really? Really, Ty? Come on. <laughs> you got a lot of growing up to do. Uh, the, the, the song, Beautiful, Wild, and Free, at the time of the episode, I paused and, uh, and zoomed and, and enhanced, and it was, uh, it was about 14,000 views. And the uh, up to down ratio was, uh, let's say, what is that? Uh, three to one. Uh, it was 135 likes and 44 dislikes. At the time when I checked on it the other day, there was almost 72,000 views. Uh, and there were, it, it was it was one to two, basically, dislikes being almost 1,000 and likes being almost 500. So, I mean, it was, guys, just before oh, we go any further, shit. it was a rough Things song. Things are not looking good for Therese. It was a rough song. It was not a good song. Because I watched the whole video on YouTube and not great. Not great. Now, listen, have you seen her live? I have seen a video of her doing a live a recording. Yeah. That's what I meant to. Yeah. Okay. It was better, wasn't it? I, I, I was like, this isn't terrible. <laughs> No, I, I like. I think she could kind of sing, but yeah. I just think that whoever that's, that's, the hell made that video, yeah. <laughs> recorded that song, like they were high legit, as shit. Yeah, they might. You know, Oof. they might should. They should be looking for something else. She now, should be looking for someone else. Just the the last note that I have on Therese is her current channel. The video she put up last week, which I think had uh, thirty two views, and I was one of them. Um, she does advise people that sunlight will kill the coronavirus, which is what she's been saying all along. So everything's, <laughs> oh, no. everything's fine. 
Is that why they all have us in our house? <laughs> Damn it. Oh, man. Yeah, it was something, man. It was something. Oh, and it's dark out now. Oh, I'll have to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, that, well, that was that's that was good information, Dan. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Extent of my research for this episode. <laughs> Great <laughs> to raise research. Strong, very strong. Mm-hmm. Mm. I wonder if her stuff's royalty free. Maybe she'll make an appearance in this outro. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, did you? Was there anything that you uncovered that was different? Or uh... no, I, you've you led me along the uh, line I wanted to go on. I, I just right. I'm glad you heard her live because mm-hmm. as mm. much as we're making fun of her right now. She can sing. I want that to be clear. Yeah, no, she's just no. She's just, she's just. It's it's not incredible, a, but it's like no, it's not oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's been yeah. she's been dealt a bad hand. Yeah, it wasn't Carol, her best work that ended up on Netflix, the number one <laughs> show on Netflix. That wasn't the best representation of what she is uh, capable of, and I feel bad for. Her. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, you could subscribe. Smash that subscribe button, brother. Yeah, help her out. <laughs> Smash your If you're into like nature and you know you got uh, power gems in your house and stuff, she might be the artist for you. <laughs> so, so we'll move on to uh, the person who I consider to be the counter to uh, what was her name? Carol Baskin. Therese. I'm sorry. I'm Ther- sorry, guys. I re- Therese did not stick with me. I really wish she did. Uh, the gentleman who did stick with me from early in this episode is walking stereotype Tim Stark from Wildlife in Need, uh, the guy who quoted Thomas Jefferson but threw the Whoa. word bullshit in there. That dude was something else. This guy is unbelievable. Uh, his <laughs> contributions to the episode are some of my favorites. Uh, the Thomas Jefferson quote, the how the hell are, do we go about training these women? Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds <laughs> of just – I don't need to know anything about animals. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I not have that guy's name written down? Tim Stark, he, Wildlife in Need. He was oh. like Batman. He just kind of came in to drop a crazy line and then he yeah. left. That was make his role make in the more episode. tigers. Duh. That's what I, that's what <laughs> I wrote down from my first few. So and that was interesting because he raises a pretty good point. <laughs> or it says, "Look, oh, you're worried about tigers being endangered. Why are you shutting down the places that are breeding tigers?" Yep, yeah, that I, is true. That's that's some earthy wisdom right there, guys. I mean, we only know about three of these zoos, and uh, judging by their geographic location, I'm assuming there's. If you extrapolate it out, there's yeah. got to be ten, twelve more of these zoos in the United States. We should be. I'm funding, guessing. Funding. They're seemingly all selling to each other, though. Like uh, yeah. that was kind of the the big. Uh, the big takeaway here. Uh, well, I think is they're that- laundering tigers because um, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to uh, jump ahead here, but it sounds like uh, some of these uh, tiger trafficking might not be on the up and up, Craig. We, we blew past the first mention of organized crime in <laughs> yeah. this, uh, in this yeah. episode, which is, I think, uh, Howard Baskin Carroll's uh, cat person husband. He, uh, he mentioned that these guys are selling tigers illegally. And uh, apparently, you can get a tiger for about uh, $2,000. That's a lot less than I thought. Where would you guys well, have paid tiger prices? Because these they days? sound like they're a liability, because there's some fear that they're being euthanized after no, they're just, making yeah. their, their money. I heard and a rumor. Yeah. So, I mean, what I, I kind of thought of that in the first episode because they, they made a point in the first episode of talking about how much a tiger cub makes when it's a cub versus how what happens yeah. later in their life, right? Hundred thousand um, dollars from week uh, four to sixteen is what I remember. Right, those numbers might be off. 
and then you're feeding them, right? And yep. they're just an attraction in the zoo. And you got 88 of them and they're the same uh, thing. You don't really need 89 or 90, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I wondered what they were doing with them. And there's only so many eccentric uh, millionaires and billionaires to sell tigers to. Shaq bought two. That was good. But, uh, <laughs> he's doing his part. Yeah, he's doing his part. But um, <laughs> it sounds like if they can't find a buyer and then they get a little older – there's a possibility they could be euthanizing tigers or shooting them and burying them in the yard, probably feeding them to other tigers. Now, oh, we don't God. know that. We don't know that I for know. a fact. It's, that's, yes, but. I'm just saying. Yes, but. <laughs> He's maintained his innocence. I know. But I no, mean. Nobody knows I, for I sure. I think it's but... hilarious that even he doesn't. The girls, at, we don't ask about what happens to the tigers. That should be enough evidence right there for yep. the court of hearsay. Yeah, they're all uh, <laughs> they're all running around in some farmer's field somewhere with the, the eight dogs I had when I was a kid that uh, didn't quite make it to the end of their. Yeah, blood, if the know. girls aren't asking, it's probably because they're tying together the missing tiger with the six gunshots they heard the night before, and Guys, the uh, six potentially six on. missing girls as well. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Craig. Yep. You think is he euthanizing the harem too? <laughs> <laughs> Once they get too old, yeah. This is getting dark. (laughs) Hey, so speaking of dark, Mario Tribu. Let's get the hell out of this. (laughs) Explain yourself, Dan. What do you mean by dark? No way. Uh, Dark in character, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Uh, He had dark hair in his photos as a younger man. But, um, I mean, we're 40 40 minutes in, and we haven't even touched on him. Section two of four. Section we mentioned just, him. This is the start of section two, and it is. This is going to be the longest podcast on record on Mario Tabro. So dive in, Dan. You're you're going to lead this one. Oh, jeez. All right. Okay. Uh, That's what you get for bringing him up. I'm not prepared for this. Okay, so so we're introduced to this character of Mario Tabro, who is. I'm going to try to just get to the high points here. Uh, he seems to have found um, – he, he went to prison for a long, long time. Carol brings him up, I think, or, well, or, or Harold. It's a or relative term. <laughs> what? 12 years out of 100 doesn't sound bad. Yeah. No. That's, that's <laughs> 12 true. isn't that long considering what we're talking about. <laughs> so he was sent to prison because I think he had a massive pile of drugs and he helped uh, to get rid of a body. I think that was that was how it went, right? I think it was saw a guy up and bury him. Yeah. Well, he He was there. The quote is. He's in the room. Yeah. What am I going to say to the feds? Yeah. I don't have the actual quote, but the gist was even if he didn't use, you know, like I didn't kill him. I didn't take the circular saw to his neck, but I was there. So I might as well have. Yeah. I paid for the gasoline, but I didn't pull the cord. I mean. The exact quote is, you know, I didn't really do most of the stuff, but I carry the stigma in it. What difference does it make? I was still there. Yeah. There you go. That was the there quote. you go. And they, they said, and I, I believe them, that this guy was possibly an inspiration for the character Scarface. Yes. Which wouldn't surprise me based on everything I saw. It does seem obvious. Uh, I didn't know there was an inspiration for Scarface, but if there was, it seems likely that it was this man. Because uh, yeah. it is yeah. a one for one match. It really is. <laughs> my biggest, uh, yeah, really. My biggest takeaway from Mario was that if this were real life, and I'm still not convinced this is, uh, 
this is the guy Joe reaches out to to have someone killed. You think so? If Joe knows this guy, like, yeah, like if they have a connection, because they don't really talk about their connection much at all yet. And, uh, and a second part that I wrote down with as a new theory is that it's potential that the filming of this documentary is what got Joe caught. He's Mm, caught. Oh, wait a second. Joe's in jail. Joe's in jail. The filming filming of this documentary. So Joe, Joe uh, talks directly to the camera. We, it could be the, the documentarian here. I forget the gentleman's name already. Uh, in part of this, it seems like that's what we're seeing. But in other times, he's calling in from prison. So that transition mm-hmm. happened somewhere during filming is yeah. what I believe. Yeah, and I'm enough. wondering if this guy found some stuff that uh, helped put uh, the nail in the coffin of uh, Joe Exotic. I'm hoping for a twist ending and he's out of jail by the end of the series. Just in time for laundry. I, and I hope that that doc who organized this entire murder mm. gets what he deserves. Right, Dan? That's right. That's right. He was the um, the, the, the the mastermind. The <clears throat> I, I I don't know. So this Mario Tebro guy uh, is there. Is there any more to talk about with him aside from the fact that he? Oh well. So he he was a criminal. He seems to have paid his debt, and it's been decided by the justice system that he's paid his debt. But somehow that's not enough for Carol to feel as though he can have a business. Not you know a big I mean? cat wow. She doesn't think anybody should have a big cat business. Yeah. Uh, well, he's not, she's not that concerned about the Fed who got chopped up, really. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't so know. So my favorite things about uh, Mario were that he knew uh, he knew these guys well before. It seems like the timeline of when he knew Doc, because they show Doc and he, he calls him Yanni. Uh, he says he looks like Yanni from back in like the early 80s. He says like 81, 82, we met Doc. That seems to line up specifically with well before this guy was busted as a, you know, a serious former drug lord who used to hack open snakes and tuck, dr- tuck drugs inside them. That's not across cool. The border. That's not cool. So he knew Doc before then. He talks about how Doc was very nice to him after he got out of prison. Yeah, he did a lot of things for me when I came out of prison. What in the hell does that mean? Yeah. Well, so how does how does this tie into uh, the um, potential uh, organized crime aspect of things for these guys? I wonder. Like, does that suddenly have a lot of uh, pardon the phrase, but a lot of meat on the bone? Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> in the movie version, do you think it's too obvious if we get Al Pacino to play this man? <laughs> it's a bit on young the nose. Al Pacino. We have to find young Al Pacino. I don't know where he's been. Well, thanks to the miracle of de aging CGI, you can have that. Let's just have Princess Leia play on. <laughs> yeah. The program. The program's already written. <laughs> Did you guys hear that noise? Oh, that means uh, I, it's time to thank our two-time sponsor, JB's Personal Massagers Warehouse. New location opening soon on Huron Church Road in Windsor, Ontario, just down the street from Shwarma Safari. Less than two blocks from Shwarma's and stuff, 
Kitty Quarter to the Holiday Inn and Suites and less than five minute walk from Shawarma Town Plaza. Right now, due to an inventory error, we are massively overstocked on the new T1000 Personal Massager and are offering a 50% off your purchase for a limited time of this incredible person and massaging monster. Don't forget to show us your member of the Windsor Moms Facebook group for an additional 10% off. JB's Personal Massager's Warehouse. Just fill your belly with shawarma and falafel, then swing on by and grab a toy for your waffle. That's JB's Personal Massager's Warehouse. And if you want to be a sponsor of the Corn Tigers podcast, fire us an email at the Tigers at gmail.com to start the negotiations. Back to you, Craig. Well done. Well done. Uh, Mr. B is going to be significantly more happy that you got his second initial right this week. Uh, his waffle's so, going to be happy, too. Did he get married? Well, no. there's going to be happy waffles all over here on church. This is what it sounds like. Moving on to section three. Back to you, Craig. <laughs> well, if we think we're good with Mario Tabro, um, oh, oh, my favorite Mario Tabro fact. Uh, he starts to list off where he uh, started to acquire his collection. And he casually drops that uh, there was a man who had six lions who was killed by those lions. And yeah, I got those ones. <laughs> that was, yeah. That's a baller move. Like, how confident move. are you? Like, oh, these, these lions have killed a man? Yeah, yeah bring them here. They will be fine. The only thing that I thought was interesting that was that was part of the Mario uh, Tabro interviews was the intercuts of Joe when he was talking about, I don't know, whatever Joe was talking about, but he was wearing like a pretty significant choker collar, like a, like a thick leather collar with like a yeah. hook on it. Like, what are you, what are you it's doing, amazing man? how much of this has become invisible to me now. And I'm really starting <laughs> to be scared of the effect this show's having oh. on me. Yeah, so honestly – I felt that this whole episode, I felt like uh, trying to watch this one over and over again, like this one was beyond this. I didn't feel it with the first one. This one was by beyond, beyond my capacity to pick everything and notice it and mark yeah. it down and try to remember it and, and be ready for this. Cause there's just Oof. so much ridiculous on top of ridiculous. Yeah. I am not proud of this being the day that I've seen a grown man wearing a choker and didn't notice it. <laughs> it's a, tough day a for lot of other distractions going on. Yeah. So at the end of the Mario, at the end of the Mario segment, we get a brief uh, interview with Maria Tabro, uh, Mario's wife who uh, raises the uh, primates on their property. Apparently she has uh, several Obviously. closets full of baby's clothes uh, and appears to be someone on like, uh, the real drug lord wives of Miami. They don't know what the hell's going on here. Um, she shows off baby clothes for dozens of kids, but it's actually for their monkeys. Uh, and she gives what I have marked down as the big reveal number two. Uh, Doc is a doctor of mystical science. Oh, I looked that up so quickly. Oh, I did too, Dan. That was the one that I did a little bit of extra research on. I think Yanni also has a doctor <laughs> in mystical science. I think the doctor is the mustache and they just ship it back and forth between them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the degrees written on the back. <laughs> uh, mystical science. Uh, Michael Whiteman coined the phrase, uh, Whiteman aimed to bring mysticism into the field of science as an entity that is open-minded, rigorously oh, tested, spoiler yeah. alert, it's not, rationally coherent, spoiler <laughs> alert, it's not, and illuminating. Um now, the best uh, is this next part and how they wrap it up. So it's the study of everything non-physical, including other worlds and their archetypal governance, as well as our spiritual bodies, the facts and their relationship being known by 
the self-evidence of direct yep. observation, and here's the best part, and not by reasoning or speculation. Well, no, you don't want to have too much. I don't really you know, know what all that means. Too much, too much reasoning, reasoning is a bad play. Yeah. Just it's like it's like a it's like a Phaeton thing. Like you the same thing. It's like the same deal. You know. I think if you. Yeah, if you start throwing too much reasoning into yeah. your mystical science, you, people are just going to call you a scientist. And who the hell you wants guys to starting to see this John Travolta connection? Huh? I do, I do, I do. That's huh? <laughs> how you're, you're winning me over. So that's big reveal number two. Doc is a doctor of mystical science. Big reveal number three hits us. I counted no less than seven seconds later. Uh, looking at a book of Doc and his harem, Maria says that's one of his wives. And this is the first confirmation we have that Doc is banging everybody everybody uh and then we get the montage of guesses of how that many wives great. he have and the answer the answers range yeah. from three to nine to an yeah. i don't fucking care and props to eric <laughs> Kelly for that one now clutch fan we eric did Kelly. see her later in the episode she did she did stop um on a photo that she had where she said this is quote all of us and i paused it and i was able to count seven women in that photo however doc was also in the photo and four dudes, other yeah. men. Now, I don't. I couldn't see one of those men could be his son because we get to learn that he's hanging around, mm-hmm. um, which would make three additional men of unknown origin. Um, but it does appear that the maximum is seven. I think women. Doc's. I, I think the maximum fair. what capacity? I think um, that's the maximum the number of um, at the time that she was mentioning the photo, she was in it. Which which would have made it seven at that time, but she wasn't a wife according you know, to her. So maybe six if, wives. If I is had the to number? guess, uh, Doc's son, whose name is not important enough to write down at least yet, um, he oh Cody Cody. I've I got him. I've I got him. I think he's Cody, uh, yes. waiting around for whatever the harem equivalent of an expired meat truck is. Yeah, whatever <laughs> falls off the truck. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's hoping for that Italian one. We don't know her name, but with the big teeth. <laughs> this is my Italian girlfriend's house. Oh my god! Quick note: Doc's real are his first name. His real first name does get displayed somewhere in here, and it's Kevin. Kevin. Oh, did it? Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that I think, is disappointing. I, I think it was. I but he looks like a Kevin, doesn't he? Not nothing against Kevin's. Yeah. Nothing against Kevin's, <laughs> but. My boss's name is Kevin, and there's a like three percent chance he might listen to this. So I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you look at him, you say Kevin makes a lot more sense than Bhagavan. That's all I'm saying. Well, Bhagavan, we learned Bhagavan means Lord, the Master of the Universe. Bhagavan is related to the root Ba, to revere or adore, and implies someone glorious, illustrious, revered, vulnerable, divine, and holy. An epithet applied to gods, holy and respectable personages. The root Baja also means share with, partake of. Or a portion. What a piece of shit. All right. Relax, Kev. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There was a great bit. I don't remember the comedian a long time ago was talking about uh, the day that Sting decided everybody everybody had to start calling him Sting. It's like, like, no, no, guys, 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 I told you, I told you, it's Sting. Like, oh, fuck off. I read an article about him in the Windsor Star years and years and years ago i think he was performing at the uh windsor casino and it was written by a windsor journalist who got to interview sting while he was playing at the windsor casino and it was all the article was about (laughs) was what a jackass sting was (laughs) (laughs) how he was his head was up his own ass that's the whole article 
uh, it just, you know, I went to interview Sting and he was a real <laughs> jerk to me. We should find that article. We just can run a search and replace on this and uh, import and, you know, put Bhagavan in there. Yeah, yeah. Screw you, Sting. Don't come back to Windsor. So some great doc quotes once we realize that he has oh. multiple women. He is in uh, his obviously well-rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really damage control. It's just kind of, I think it's his yeah, brand deflection. of misdirection. So he says, uh, operating the Tigers Preserve here takes a great big cohesive family that I all bang. <laughs> he didn't say the last part. We have – we have people who have joined our apprenticeship program over the decades. These are apprentices who generally come on as – I've never been grossed out by the word teenagers before, but I was here. Come on as teenagers, live on the preserve, many of whom have stayed on for decades themselves. Um, Doc is the Jeffrey Epstein of the big cat world, I think is what this – well, if he, if he dies, you know, he didn't do it, I guess is all we can say. I like how the dad dropped off. Oh, uh, what poor, was this? Uh, yeah. What's her name? Barbara? Yeah. Uh, the story about dad dropping her off and actually saying to her, don't fall in love. <laughs> and it drove away. Oh, my God. That's got so, so, so don't, don't fall in love with your boss. And then Barbara Fisher, whose uh, Bhagavan name was Bala, um, she says, you know, because he could tell oh. Doc was a real chick getter, a chick getter. So, th- so her dad had the impression mm-hmm. she had. So hang on. She had the impression that her dad had the impression that Bhagavan was a fine piece of meat. That that's kind of what I'm putting together here. That yeah. is, it's uncomfortable. That's unbelievable. Like I've never looked at this guy and had any idea how he, you know, uh, <sighs> how he rakes to use the casino turn. Like it doesn't. What it doesn't was her make dad sense. thinking? Was he father? Jeez, we're all what, fathers here. <laughs> He must have rationalized it before the time he got into his own garage. Because I, I don't know what it would take for you to drop your son off at a tiger reserve. And- <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. A daughter seems worse, especially when the uh, when John Travolta's <laughs> running the show. Well, what she had told her father was that this is a vegan place where they teach the tigers yoga, and he was like, "Oh, that sounds mm. normal." Yeah, <laughs> they teach the tigers yoga. Is that what they said? <laughs> well, she said that they they uh, teach the tigers <laughs> through the concepts of yoga, and I was just like, "What does that even mean?" And mm-hmm. th- thankfully, they didn't <laughs> try to explain because I wasn't really. So back to your quote from episode one, Craig, about the tiger knows it's a tiger, and <laughs> yeah. that's it. Tiger's not uh, learning any yoga. She was good with that one tiger, though. Yeah, yeah, she said she had that one, and that's how he knew he had her hooked. Uh, my favorite mm-hmm. quote during this section is when they get Doc, and they kind of catch him, I think, off guard, and he just does like a quick uh, quote that he corrects the second time he uses it about somebody else. He says, China, uh, who, hold on, where's my, uh, I have a naming Michelle, key. China, Michelle, York. I can Michelle. Give you China's, Michelle, yeah. China has been here since she was 17 years old, taking care of my <laughs> stuff. <laughs> 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 what a creep i'm sure there's a name for that too and we don't know what it is yeah jesus uh to be fair uh he has provided all of these ladies with uh enormous homes i could not yeah. believe it when he's driving down that block pointing out those houses they're all massive uh, but uh, to be fair uh, all of them apparently get to spend zero hours mm-hmm. a day inside those homes so yeah, why does really? it matter um <clears throat> i could not believe the size of those especially because we get the uh, in the kind of the next section that deals about the labor conditions, uh, the differences in 
uh, kind of pay and living conditions. That is a significant outlier to anything on any of these places. These ladies have, you know, if they were where I lived, those are, you know, almost million dollar yeah, homes. Yeah. They're certainly nicer than the digs over at uh, Joe's Ox place. <laughs> the yes, GW sure. Zoo. So after they drive down that, uh, that, street and and kind of rail off oh that's so-and-so's house that's so-and-so's house uh they ask him uh the guy asked doc like who who stays in your house with you and doc says you can't get into my complex lifestyle that's yeah. not for prime time he specifically yeah. dodges it right like uh he's not gonna say nobody he's not gonna say everybody those houses are empty uh but there's some gross stuff going on at doc's house no well, if i may offer some insight Craig. Oh, do. Um, so. My wife and I uh, enjoy an episode of Sister Wives <laughs> now and again. Okay. Uh, it's a show about polygamy. Did you um, ever think, TLC. Tom, mm-hmm. did you ever think that it was uh, going to be educational? No. And um, I don't know for how many people listen to this, but I don't know if this classifies as useful <laughs> anyway. But <laughs> I'll pass it along regardless. Um what happens in that particular situation with the sister wives? I, we haven't used that term yet uh, because I don't think this is Mormon. a um, yeah. church LDS. of uh, yeah, exactly. But LDS church, right? So, but but in those uh, in their situation and in a few of their friends' situation, it sounds like the wives each have a house, which we've seen already, and that he just stops by. He's basically he might have a place that he keeps his stuff. But he's just basically picking which, uh, well, what do I feel like? Do I want some spaghetti tonight? I'll go to the Italian one's house. And then uh, it does seem like they do have different backgrounds too. Uh, he, he calls out the Italian, but I, I got that vibe. Um, but uh, we got Michelle, Meredith, Renee, a, and Barbara. So it's a can't really modest, tell their names. It's, it's a moderately diverse harem. Like I, I've, I've, I'm pretty sure Genghis Khan mm. had a more diverse harem, but it's – his Pokedex is almost full, <laughs> what we're saying to the gamer right? But But I would guess he he simply sleeps at the house of his choice. That's um, and that's it. They might get a week off. They might get a week on. It doesn't there, know. It doesn't matter. You know? you know what supports that tie? Is we don't see his house. Maybe yeah, those yeah, are exactly all his true, houses. Yeah. Right, right. And I mean, there is even a point where Cody, uh, the, the, uh, the sister wife's husband, proposes that they all build a single house to live in together with separated areas and all the wives revolt against well not all of them but key wives how uh, many wives does this guy have in in that decision making he has four uh right now he's he's in a little trouble with one or two of them but he has four just a numbers game really uh, yeah at one point they had a cul-de-sac with four houses in it and he would just walk across the little it was a nice situation for him he just they're very similar houses to each other. In the backyard, there was no fence in the backyard, so they had one massive bolt hmm. backyard in this cul-de-sac. And he just walked across the uh, the road to whatever wife sweet. he was feeling like uh, taking for a spin. Taking for a spin or giving him a little shock to pop, if you will. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> shock to pop. Nice. He has different kids with each one, obviously. We, we, know, we find out about one kid. I don't recall seeing the kid in the first episode, right? This oh, song. wait. Are, are, we're, 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 we're not. No, no. Yeah. No, Cody's. Cody, we did not see Cody no. Antle in the first episode, no. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really show up in this one I don't either, think he, he shows up exist. in life. Yeah. Well, Doc references his kid slightly before we meet him. He says, every day, uh, every day here, you care for the animals first. And that has always been hard for my children and the yep. ladies of my life. So his children. Yeah, he does children. say children. Hey, there was one Doc quote that had to do with uh, the, 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 the cult-like nature of this gong show. And it, it was... 
the the documentarian person was asking him kind of about the whole deal. Well, this doesn't sound like people make a lot of money here. And then he gets really defensive and he says, yeah. I've been down this. I've been doing this 35 years. I've been down this 100 times. You're trying to get me to say this is a cult. And then they cut away and he doesn't deny it yep. being a cult. Or at least they didn't have that in the footage that we saw in episode two. So yeah. uh, he's, he's a slippery son of a bitch. I, I, this guy is just – He oof. fired on all cylinders there. I wrote down his uh, his elevator pitch. Uh, so it has to supersede all your other hopes, wants, dreams, and desires. It's what you're going to wake up doing. It's what you're going to go to sleep doing. And it's going to happen 365 days a year. He's talking about sex with him <laughs> at this point, I think. Uh, he says, weddings, funerals, and relationships at Christmas fade away because 80 tigers will be standing there waiting for you to deliver mm-hmm. their next meal. Like who who in their right mind would sign up for this? Uh, just the right amount of women for Doc. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> It is funny to see you got the same sort of base teenage girl human being and she could either be wrapped up into Doc's spiel or she could end up in Carol's spiel. But she's not going to uh, the GW Zoo. (laughs) No, she's sure not going to end up under Joe's tutelage. (laughs) But it does seem like Joe and Carol have got similar taste and staff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, but Carol um, has this – complicated uh, karate black belt system of mm. volunteers. She doesn't mm. pay anybody anything. Can I, I, I came up with a great comparison here. It dawned yeah, on me. She's running Starfleet. <laughs> Everyone's got a different color shirt and nobody's getting like paid. It. That's exactly yeah. how Starfleet works. It's a future socialist utopia. Nobody's paid. Everyone's just there. Yeah. All these places do the justification. I think of, we don't have to pay you because we give you yeah. everything you need. Well, for Carol's people, they don't have uh, – they don't get food or shelter or anything like that, but they get to be a volunteer. So that's pretty sweet, right? Yes. Yeah, that's true. Carol really laid into the shirts though, eh? And the colors of shirts and I don't even know who you are until mm. you're like a navy blue or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, it was relieving to know that she's the only one who's not banging the interns. Mm-hmm. You think you think Mr. Carol Baskin is? <laughs> I don't think he's banging anybody. So I, I, so I, I want to bring something up, but I feel like I'm conflicted because I don't want to bring in a, a political element to this gentleman. Um, but maybe just for a sake of, uh, uh, I don't know, analogy here or That's it kind that. of is. So K- Carol reminds me a lot in certain ways. Hillary Clinton. Yes. Wow, Dan, I love you. I I wanted to say that so bad, and I'm glad you did. Yet, yeah. Well, then I don't feel so bad anymore. Good for you, Dan. For me, it was mostly um, her face and her uncontrolled murders. <laughs> yeah, and when and when the and when the question Carol of a potential count. murder was brought up, she immediately broke eye contact with the person asking her the question and looked at the ceiling. <laughs> Her, in the, one of the biggest eye rolls I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Oh, this old story about my missing <laughs> husband. <laughs> so that was. Uh, I mean, we're kind of we're kind of touching on that. I have that flag as big reveal number six. We still have two in between in oh another God. section, but uh, obviously, uh, Carol got her millions uh, from her husband, who has been missing and declared dead for years. And there's rumors. By uh, rumors are presented by uh, uh, five people um, that she fed him to a tiger. Mario, (laughs) who might know something uh, about the business. Mario says it. He he might know something about feeding people to tigers. Uh, Doc says it. Uh, Joe says it. 
and we're told that uh, her dead husband's former secretary and children, it says on the on a news clip, think that she murdered him and fed him to tigers. That is that's a, the killer yeah. blow right there. Yes. Well, that shows a side of her. You know, she pre- she presents. She's got this guy who's uh, I don't know. He looks milk like he's toast. on he's milk some toast. kind of drugs. Yeah, he is like he might yeah. as well be wearing a leash. You know, he's he's sitting there. Any man, any grown man who can watch that music video in that room in the couch and have a smile on his face and, and not laugh. There was a moment during that video, guys. I don't know if you guys noticed this. There was a moment during that music video where they're watching, the, they're on the couch and the director's in a chair and he's like, what the fuck's going on here? Uh, but but there's a yes, moment where yes. Carol takes her hand and, and gently puts it on mm-hmm. his knee so and he me. just, he like, he, his body just goes by like two degrees down. It's just like, oh, fuck. Oh yeah, that it looked nice, but that was really exactly keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if there was a little thought bubble, it'd be like, "Sweet Tiger yep. Lord, take me now." <laughs> oh, he's trying to give like eye winks to the documentary. <laughs> Get me out of here! Save oh, me, call my family. <laughs> you found oh, me. Now save me. Yeah. Imagine accusing your father's uh, your father's wife. That's intense. Of killing him. Uh, I mean, you have to be pretty damn sure to roll that one out. To do it to the level that it's known on a news program. That's not like you, you're not whispering. You're screaming no. from the mountaintops. Yeah. So that was, that was how the episode closed was kind of with that big reveal. So we've jumped ahead to that. That's cool. But we do, uh, I know we're, we're well into this. We're going to definitely surpass last episode. Honestly, guys, I'm kind of cool mm-hmm. with that. Um, the, we've got some significant things uh, to jo- hop back to. Um, Joe has two husbands, guys. We meet <laughs> How do we miss Travis this? Maldonado. We, mi- we meet Travis <laughs> Maldonado, one of the sweetest mm-hmm. kids to ever be voluntarily raped <laughs> by a grown man uh, in his life. So I'm going to read. Uh, I'm going to read my little uh, bit about Travis here. Uh, Travis is young. He always has a look on his face like he's not sure why he is here and who he is talking to. <laughs> like he asked someone where to find the broom took a wrong turn, and next thing you know, he was in a gay three-way marriage on a tiger sanctuary. <laughs> Another guy straight out of high school hooking up with a tiger guy. What the fuck is happening in this world? He's a great dancer, though. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got, got massive hands. That's this is, this is something that I've heard a couple of times in this episode. Yeah, a few people mentioned that. <laughs> it occurred to me on the second viewing, okay? Saf tells us a little story about her being in the back of a truck with these two while they were their love was just blossoming. And um, it occurred to me that we're so we're, we're past like the sixth barrier of absurdity <laughs> here. So there's things in the first and the second barrier that I still want to acknowledge. Sometimes the, he hired somebody. This is a coworker. This is a subordinate. I mean, I let let's let's not forget this is a workplace here, <laughs> and they're having a conversation about what you know what, what size dongs he likes in porn. How, how straight are you? Listen, now, if I had a dime for every time my boss asked me how straight I was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a uh, grounds for uh, some sort of kind of court case. I don't know. I know I was always instructed not to bring these topics up when I was in charge of people. Well, but Ty, knowing, uh, I mean, having been through, I guess, an hour and a half of this show and being introduced to a number of characters, I want you to tell me which person you know that works at uh, that particular establishment. Uh, that is most likely to be the HR rep. I don't know, but I mean, it could have been that badge we saw. Just the badge. Saw. 
Yeah, I don't know. Have you oh, seen no. a lot of HR um, badges? In yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have, we have. It's like they're co- different colored badges, though, right? Yeah, everybody starts out with a red badge, and then eventually they go up to a teal badge. <laughs> there may be a monkey with a vest on who's the HR rep. I don't it's, know. It's a it fact. wouldn't surprise Coco? me at this point. <laughs> yeah. Coco, the HR rep. Coco's the mediator. He's going to mediate this dispute between uh... <laughs> the loser gets poop thrown at them. He done took my pork chops. Yeah. <laughs> they just sit in a room. Whoever gets whoever gets hit with poop loses. That's how they mediate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So this Travis. So we find like, out about Travis. No, no. This is. I was just Go trying ahead. to bring us back here a second. Just it's 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 so ridiculous that this guy just shows up and doesn't. See, he 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 says he's not gay, and then yeah, they have this discussion about porn. He's like, uh, Joe says, well, clearly you're not that gay, or you're not that straight, are you? Um. And and then he's like, oh, I, apparently he's like, oh, he, that's convinced him. This ride in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah, by golly. He's just like, well, shit, I never thought about it like that. <laughs> by golly, you're right. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> that's how it's oh presented. I'm sure it was uh, at least Let, five, just five minutes he, longer. When he said he wasn't gay in the back of the truck, he wasn't under <laughs> oath or anything. So Travis, uh, Travis is shown uh, after the wedding scene, which was oh my god. Oh, sorry. Before that, uh, Joe uh, mentions that, uh, or John mentions Joe's husband that uh, Joe has uh, tried to bring in other partners yeah, for many yeah. years. So jo- Joe's just been trying to get this three way on for ages yeah, at the gas at the gas station bench with forty bucks <laughs> in his pocket. Yeah. That's how he was going about it at first, but he finally broke John into uh, into letting Travis in here. Did you guys catch the quote on the marriage There was a quote on it? I saw I tried the to, names. But, yeah, there was a Bible uh, quote. There is. I I have pulled the quote from the internet using the uh, Bible I verse. Would, would you it. guys like to hear it? I'm Yes, absolutely. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Okay. Yeah, so That's, a three-strand cord. meant to be for not quickly broken. How long is not quick? Right. Well, I don't know. Doc's rope has got six or seven strands. <laughs> so that rope ain't going anywhere. He's got a rope made of ropes. You could dock a cruise ship with that rope. <laughs> anyway, that's the quote. It was a weird, uh, I, you know, I'm not a Bible guy, but uh, I wrote down the verse number and I've never heard of it before. And I didn't go deeper into the research, but uh, Ecclesiastes? Oh, thank you. Yeah, that that's, was yeah, that's, that's a real one. one. That's yeah. a real one. Thank, I thanks, Greg. Bible study with Greg coming I Sunday. Thought it, I thought it might have also <laughs> been from the book of IMDb. It's the only other book we read from here. <laughs> so the, um, but- they have a little sit-down interview after the wedding scene with Travis where he talks about himself, right? Because I haven't had much of a life before this. And he says a couple things. Uh, I started experiencing uh, a lot of different things here. Uh, I... I think what's going around here is great. He makes that sound. And then he, for 10 seconds of silence, reassesses every life choice <laughs> that he's ever made. And it is my favorite 10 it's seconds of strong. this episode. Just watching yeah, this fantastic. poor kid who is having like that, that thing I wrote down. Like he's thinking like, dude, I just asked for a broom. Yeah. Like, what, how am I here? Like what happened? He was. He realized he was ten years away from being uh, next to Carol on the couch <laughs> in, in Joe Exotic's world. Yes. He was going to turn into that man. <laughs> it's interesting. Not many people leave California to be go to go be gay. <laughs> it's usually the other way around. 
Sorry, that's a valid point. Super yeah, valid. there's Oklahoma a lot. Of, of there's a lot of questions. It's hilarious. He didn't figure it out there. He left to go to the flyover states and figure it out. Weird one. Yeah, really that doesn't happen. No. Yeah. This oh, is well. a one in a million story across the board. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. Again. Every one of these guys. You know, could be I, I had a movie, question really. about what kind of person officiates on on a three person marriage, and if is polyg is polygamy uh, legal in Oklahoma? Like maybe it is. Uh, any anybody, Dan, any. uh, anybody can because it's not real. Even, ugh, I guess. Yeah, the marriage certificate. I, I did pause it for that quote. It did no. not look legitimate to me. No, that's the thing. I paused it to see what else was on it, and I saw the quote and just moved on. There's no. Uh, municipal or so it's just you know, county doc. information. It's not a, yeah, yeah. Somebody, he went to the Staples yeah. and bought a uh, blank certificate and turned it yeah, into a I'm not a lawyer, but I examined it closely and I don't think it's a legal document. Uh, on, on Reddit, one of my favorite uh, uh, acronyms, people will start uh, advice with uh, I anal and it means uh, I am not a lawyer. <laughs> well, thank you. I'll use that. There you go. See, I anal. Uh, that means you're not a lawyer. So after the wedding thing, uh, we do see a quick uh, – it, it stuck out for me, um, and this ties back to my relationship with Dan. Uh, Dan was the one who introduced me uh, to the wonderful world of uh, sweet baby oh, raised well, barbecue yeah. sauce. Um, we do see John uh, preparing stank-ass <laughs> meat with uh, sweet baby Ray's uh, barbecue sauce shortly after the wedding. I mean, good for them. Uh, it really, it could be used anywhere. It's delicious. We've used it on pizza. pizza? Wow. Uh, I've never used it on stank ass <laughs> meat, but now that I know it's an option. Uh, Are you telling me that you didn't see Sweet Baby Ray's in that famous How to Stock Your Chai, Fridge Chai video? City Man? Yeah. From, uh, yeah, Dan showed me that, and that's how he well, introduced I suppose, me to Sweet Baby Ray's. I suppose, but I had to be fair, I think Ty introduced that to me, so... Okay, so okay. it all goes back to you. Uh, sounds, this sounds all, a little no, bit it like all goes you back to Chi City Man. You no, know, it all goes back to Chi City Man. Maybe I was Chai just City looking Man? out for him. I think it's Chicago, well, not like Feng know. Shui. I, it, it's it's supposed to be Chicago. It's definitely supposed to be Chicago. But I think I've heard him <laughs> say Taiwan, Chi, I think, actually. So. Chi, Chi City. City. He says Chi, Chi City? City. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, I think he does. Chai, no, he says Chai. He says Chai. You're right. You're right. You're right. Anyway, I want him to get the credit. Uh, could you put him in the, uh, the thank yous, uh, Craig? Thank you. Chai City? Yeah. yeah, I'm marking it down now. Um, but yeah, City he deserves all the credit. All Sweet the credit. baby race. God rest his soul. Just in case. <laughs> R.I.P. Jai um, pretty, pretty safe bed in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so after the, the wedding stuff all goes by, uh, the episode does turn pretty hard towards the, uh, the labor conditions. We've kind of touched on that a bunch already. Uh, this is... Uh, one big thing that jumped out is we see uh, we hear from Robert Johnson, the senior trainer at Myrtle Beach, uh, the first male employee that we've seen of Docs, um, and also the only employee without a tiger name. Uh, do you have any hunches as to why that may be? Because <laughs> he's not insane. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! No, I think I know now. Because <laughs> Doc doesn't have have to have a tiger name to scream out in bed. <laughs> Moksha. <laughs> His name is Robert Johnson, which which is uh, which I thought was yeah, maybe Johnson was the name. I don't know. Maybe that's not his. No, his name's Robert Johnson. Yeah. yeah no, oh, just, you were doing a thing. I'm sorry. Moving along. There we go. Uh, Joe has uh, here. The episode really started to jump back and forth. Like I said, I feel like the kind of single thread storyline kind of fell apart until we got. Uh, the big Carol Baskin reveal at the end. A lot of jumps between Joe and Carol, but some uh, some kind of good quotes along the way. 
uh, Joe says uh, about Carol, she's not a stupid woman. She makes everyone else do her dirty work. And I put dot, 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 said the guy in prison for murder for hire. <laughs> in fairness, it does, it does sound like that's what he was going for. Uh, he was going the Carol route. Mm-hmm. Um, but he must have messed well, up somewhere. And to be to, to be to be fair, Joe has also maintained his innocence in this so far. Yes, yes, so he could be innocent. Uh, he does. Uh, the next time we hear from Joe, he uses the term brainwash. <laughs> uh, how does she brainwash all them volunteers into the same bullshit? Oh God, uh, brainwash. Uh, I'm trying to use it as frequently as possible around the house so that it'll stick in my repertoire. <laughs> Um, so far unsuccessful, but I'll let you know. Did you guys hear in episode one, Escalator? Escalator, <laughs> yep, I did. <laughs> it's funny, Dan, because you mentioned that. I want you to escue right now. <laughs> Not later. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, Dan mentioned that in our ongoing private chat, the three of us have had going for years. And that's what made me think, hey, we need to have a section at the beginning of this one oh, where we address kind you of those you know, things that I'm we missed. It. We'll call it the escalator segment from here on out. It's pretty good. Um, Guys, I, I do have some breaking news, and this is not a happy this is not a happy note to to bring up on the show. But oh, in, no. in the in the oh boy, Mister Chai City uh, and his YouTube channel, he has a link for a GoFundMe, and it's not a nice note. This is this GoFundMe was started by somebody else, and it says uh, we're he, we're helping his family. Blah, blah blah. Message from Chai. Here we go. Most of you know me for the videos I made years ago. Over the years, I can't do it like him. I'm not going to try because I feel as though that'd be in bad taste. Um, that could get you oh, in a lot of trouble. Over the but Dan, I understand you do voiceover I do. work. What oh, I got a story <laughs> for another day, but. Um, over the years, I've had a lot of ups and downs. My life is at a low moment right now. I have nothing left to my name, but I felt like YouTube and the internet might save my life. So I wanted to buy a computer to make videos and help my journey. If I ever made you laugh, cry, or warmed your heart through my videos, please. This is a new sentence now. So there's an if that's a full sentence. Now it's a new sentence. Please find it in your heart to help me or again, new sentence or say a prayer for me. Thank you so much. All love and blessings. Chai City, Maine. There you go. So that's that. It's he seems to be on hard times and I feel bad about this. But um, what's the date on that? This is created July 18th, 2018 under the dreams, hopes and wishes category. Okay. Well, it doesn't look like that computer. uh <laughs> well, no, he's, they, they've doubled their, uh, they were looking for 2500 They got uh, $5,400. Yeah, well, the guy is brilliant. He's something else. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry to... Did, he has an official Facebook page? Uh, well, then I don't know if there is. Huh? He has one. I'm looking at it right hmm. now. It's just popping up. I'm trying to see when the most recent uh, content was added. Ooh, March 10th, 2016. This is uh, pre-hardship. Uh, listen, guys, if you get a couple minutes, just send a a thought or a prayer or uh, a self-addressed stamp envelope to uh, <laughs> Mr. Chai City. I don't know. And if you don't know who he is, if you don't know who he is, check out how to stock your fridge to get many women. Is that the title? Um, of the name? I've already clicked past it a couple times here. Keeping your fridge, keeping your refrigerator stocked will get you many women. Correct. And I'm telling you, boys out there, the statement this is, correct. is 100% correct. Yeah, this is a winner. Yeah. yeah. If you're uh, not sure, you know, where your direction yeah. is at, you know, you're not you're not the Doc Antle of your neighborhood, 
watch this video and in a few short weeks you could be you could be uh the john of your neighborhood and have that sweet baby rays lined up there you go for oh right look at this like a professional well done craig it's <laughs> bringing it right back to tiger king oh man we've jumped around so much that my notes are feeling useless right now but uh uh joe towards the end here uh before we get the l reveal magnifico number six which was carol got her millions which we already discussed about her dead husband um both joe and doc kind of openly acknowledge that people think they run a cult and neither of them seem too upset about it now we did mention this uh earlier uh joe's joe's Still, after this episode, uh, nothing distract, nothing detracted from this. I feel like he's one of the most layered characters I've seen in a show. Mm. And so the question, I guess, about Joe and his motives is: Do we? Do you guys think Joe's taking advantage of these people, or is this? Is he just a flat-out good dude trying to help somebody out, kind of doing the best he can with what he's got? What's your impression of him? I think he's a. My feeling of him being likable and genuine. Is, is quickly fading away, <laughs> and uh, the What's attitude after the, the attitude, <laughs> yeah, the attitude of him after someone's arm got ripped off, the gas station drug addict pickup uh, to work on the burger barn or whatever the hell that was. One of the shadiest things I've ever seen, and it looks like it's charity, but it isn't. It's taking advantage of somebody who's desperate. These people okay. are eating out of a dumpster, living in filth. And being paid nothing, uh, he's a he's a he's a scam artist. It's it's starting to get gross real real fast. Okay. <laughs> I was fine Surprise. when we were feeding roadkill and uh, dead cows to the tigers. Feeding Oscar Mayer baloney chunks to the tigers uh, is a whole other ball game. But Joe specifically does his best, Doc Antle, and tells us that this meat is like people who had their credit cards declined. This is not. Yeah, uh, I've worked at a grocery store. I don't know what the rules are in the U.S. That's not what happens. I don't know where this meat's coming from. It's expired meat. uh, I mean, as far as I know, it's not people that forgot to pay and left their meat there. Oh, this meat can't go back on the shelf. Uh, That is not how it works. Just in case anyone had any doubts. My my read. So the other last thing I was going to say, my read on Joe is kind of like he's a he's a gay hillbilly crazy cat lady. Like he just, he seems to be collecting these cats and broken humans and it's no way malicious. He seems to genuinely like these people and he seems to really love the cats for sure. Um, We know how sexy they all are, Um, but it's, he just seemed, I think he seems fairly genuine um, so far. Anyways, with the people that he has there. No, I flipped gears totally. I'm getting the user vibe mm, big time right. now. Sure. My thoughts are still very much aligned with uh, with Dance. Uh, I think he's a guy who just uses the little bit that he has and it ain't much. Uh, and he's willing to offer it to people who he sees, you know, that likeness to himself and his people. He recognizes his own brand. Uh, you know, we, we consistently say that uh, Joe is not a man of pretense, right? Yeah. Like he is, he is what he is. Other, and really other than that one line where he's just like, man, I'm ruined. The moment of weakness that has been the case. So I think he he feels, I think he's got like a kinship with those people. Not to get all Dr. Phil on us at the end of this. Uh, but I do think he's got like that kinship with those broken We're all people. broken together. Yeah. One. Just keep yeah. in mind, this yeah. is a guy that even before this documentary started is a guy that is used to and loves being on camera mm. yeah. and he's got 
the video, the the music videos, the TV show he had, and I just think he's got this persona that when he when the camera's trained on him, he is he's in that mode and he knows what but to say and what time. not to say and how it's to present. It's all the time. You can't. It, yeah, well, but it's if all he's the time. But but there's still that guy underneath who's who's scheming, and uh. I, I think you saw. That glimpse of him. That's when not. He, I don't um, think that's scheming. I don't think that's scheming at all. I mean, at some point, yeah. I guess maybe it's maybe it's is it sooner or is it later? But at some point, you have to say, "I am financially ruined because of this event." Yeah, I would probably wait until uh, the blood's dry on the well, floor. So the last thing, I guess, the only uh, the only thing at the end uh, that we haven't talked about was uh, the accusations that Doc has been euthanizing his cubs when they are past. Uh, past prime, right? Uh, we touched on it earlier in the in the chat. It is kind of the last thing uh, on my notes chronologically that we haven't um, we haven't really gone over. Um, Tim, uh, the super redneck, uh, oh. he says, Doc told Joe, "You can't keep them all. That's a bad business decision because once they get out of the stage that you can use them, they become nothing more than a bill." Uh, it's- so do we do we think Doc is wiping out tigers on mass? Like he's taking them out to the one hundred percent, yes, and uh, you can thank Are Dan for get that an because <laughs> no. Uh, well, who knows? I mean, we we could get an answer on that. I totally believe that he would, though. Like, this is not a guy with scruples. If Dan hadn't have, um, oh, maybe that's not true. Barbara seems pretty trustworthy, and I think that's what she thinks is happening. So. I think Barbara's a pretty reliable. Uh, and you source. know what's strange? She even says, "I'll always love Doc." So, so she left for some yeah. reason, and she still loves the guy. Like, eh, what's going on? What's 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 with your what's your deal? What's the uh, what's the term again? The uh, falling in love with your hostage yeah, keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Stockholm. Uh, Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. There you go. That could be could yeah, be a case. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. Once Dan painted him in that uh, light in episode one, that he's some sort of evil mega genius. I, I, when it got brought up that he could be killing cats. To save a few bucks, didn't mm-hmm. think, didn't even think yeah. twice about it. But in, in my reason. mind, that is for sure <laughs> happening. So, gentlemen, I think that's uh, that's a wrap on episode two, uh, Cult of Personality. Well, well done. Thank you for all your insights. Let's get to the thank yous. Obviously, uh, you two gentlemen, Dan and Ty, for their for their hard work. Uh, everything you guys do to put in the episodes, I appreciate it. And so, the show is written and produced by all three of us. Uh, Ty does all the editing. All the music is from. Uh, Kevin McLeod at filmmusic.io, sound effects from zapsplat.com. Uh, if you want to get a hold of Mr. Shy City, uh, you can reach that gofundme.com slash F slash Mr. Shy City. Uh, please help, help a brother out. Uh, <laughs> the man introduced me to Sweet Baby Race. And uh, for that, he, he truly deserves, is a genius. He deserves everything that you can possibly uh, supply. Uh, so, guys, with that, uh, I'm feeling good. Um, anything else you want to add before we go? Stay safe. Stay in your house. Be be beautiful, wild, and free. I guess. Well, no, that's a complete opposite message from what I said. <laughs> well, it's yes. Yeah, well, so just make a decision. Therese, right there. <laughs> then you're, you're part of the problem. <laughs> make a decision. No question. So, gentlemen, uh, we don't uh, end to uh, like I said, all three of our listeners. We don't have a scheduled date yet for the next episode. Uh, we're I'm going to sit down with my wife, who is currently watching one of the Avengers movies, uh, see if she'll stop and we can watch the next episode right wow. now. Because I seem to need to go through these things uh, three-ish times to really uh, feel comfortable uh, with every maddening thing. 
sorry, last thing, uh, predictions. Give me, uh, give me a prediction for next, for the future of the show. Not doesn't have to be next episode. Uh, Carol's gonna have some situation that goes down in Benghazi. John Travolta buys a tiger. <laughs> John Travolta, John Travolta buys, a tiger. buys a tiger. Interesting. I don't know. Um, what do you think? Mario uh, shows us uh, some sort of murder weapon in his collection. One with teeth, I hope. Going through his office, like, oh, oh here's a hammer I used to destroy a CIA agent. Wait, do we think the attempted murder was done with a tiger? So, gentlemen, sorry, we're rambling now. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. Thanks for coming. Everybody, stay safe. Uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, just send your family out to buy your stuff. That's what I do. Um, Happy COVID-19. Until next time. Good luck. Bye. Beautiful, wild, free. Innocent, cool as hell, man. Pure Italian. <laughs>